The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in a caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. celebrate this feast of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. A tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie and LaVille. Saturday, January 1st, next Saturday, is the solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and the octave day of Christmas. A vigil mass will be offered here on Friday evening at 5 p.m. On Saturday, masses will be offered at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Latin Mass. This, uh, this year, uh, attendance in the Mass is not obligatory due to the Holy Day falling on a Saturday, but certainly praiseworthy uh, and a good thing to be able to come. There are also particular uh, prayers and uh, indulgences that can be gained by coming and offering various prayers on the 31st and the 1st also, which will be uh, taking part in those as well. Next weekend will be the celebration of the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, after the 4 o'clock Mass next weekend, uh, we'll have blessed chalk and blessed salt with the Epiphany Water Blessings that we'll join. Uh, so we'll have that available uh, presumably uh, next, next Sunday as well. Uh, so we'll be having that. Uh, I'll be bagging up approximately 60 pounds of salt uh, and some chalk on Friday morning, about 10 o'clock in the cafeteria. If anybody's bored, you know where to find me. I'd be happy to have you. Uh, also, in conjunction with the feast, uh, or next, also next Sunday, uh, on January the 2nd at 3 p.m., we'll be having the Lessons and Carols here in the church. Lessons and Carols is a, a, a prayer service of scripture and song. It's readings from, from Genesis up until the Gospels of the preparation, the waiting for, and then the arrival of the Savior of the world. Uh, and so there'll be a, there's a reading from scripture and a, a hymn that accompanies it. Uh, so it's a wonderful service, a wonderful time to simply come and to continue to, uh, to sink in, to, to allow, the, uh, allow the Christmas joy, the Christmas spirit, and the message of Christmas to sink deeply into our hearts. So again, that'll be next Sunday at 3 o'clock. Uh, the following Thursday and Friday, we're delighted to host Miss Kathleen Beckman here at St. Agnes. Uh, she'll be here so on, the, on Thursday the 6th, the traditional Feast of the Epiphany. We'll have a 5 o'clock Latin Mass, a low Mass. 
at 6 o'clock, uh, Ms. Beckman will begin, uh, begin a conference on, on spiritual warfare, spiritual authority uh, for the family. She presented and, and uh, she has a book that came out this past year, particularly on the spiritual warfare in the family. What are the tools that families need today? Uh, what are the things that you have at your, at your disposal to be able to ensure that, that you yourselves as parents, grandparents, godparents, as children, uh, are able to, to protect your family, to protect yourself um, in the midst of this world. So it'll be a wonderful presentation. She'll be here on Thursday, and then we'll have uh, blessings for the Epiphany Gifts again uh, immediately following that conference. She'll also be here on Friday at 2 o'clock. We'll have a panel discussion uh, that'll be herself uh, and uh, uh, Ryan and Mary Rose Barrett and Father Ruben Dykes uh, seeking a similar thing, kind of a, a Q&A session, a panel discussion on, again, some of these practical things of what we can do to protect our families and our society. So certainly encourage you to, to mark those things on your calendar as you're able to get here and spread the news to everybody there in the, in the, uh, the bulletin this weekend as well as next. We invite you to bring as many people as you can, a uh, powerful and a wonderful and necessary conference that will be given here. Now, if you are listening quietly at around, around the hours, uh, the, the, uh, the, the toll of the bell uh, can now be heard here in the church a little bit. Uh, so we have, uh, we've been having a, a, a carillon bell system, uh, which is a, a, a computer bell system, where we have speakers up in the tower and it rings nice little musical chimes at the various hours and things uh, because our bell was not working. That was remedied this week, thanks be to God. Uh, so our bell in the tower is working once again. So when it chimes at the hours, you hear it strikes at two, two different tones. One is the, the carillon computer bell system, but the other one, the, the, the sharper, louder tone, is our actual bell from the bell tower. Um, so it's a great joy. That's, it seems like a small thing. Uh, just, you know, it's a, a bell is a bell. You, know, you don't see it. You, don't, you, know, you hear it, and that seems all. But for us as Catholics, this is a, it's an important thing. When a bell is blessed, it's not just, you know, just kind of sprinkle holy water on it. The bishop comes, he, he baptizes it effectively, he anoints it with oil, it has godparents, and then when the bell rings, it has power. There are, in the rites of the church, there are times where it specifically says to ring the bell, and it's moments of, of protection when you're casting away evil, when you're interceding for the saints. It's something that is the voice of God speaking to the community around the church, calling us. It's the voice. It's powerful. And we know that sacramentals have power. We don't have a blessing for speakers. We have a blessing for bells. Thanks be to God. And so our, our bell is ringing once again in the tower. Uh, and it is a, a great joy to be able to hear it. I hope the neighbors also appreciate it. Uh, it starts tolling the ambulance at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday now. I haven't gotten a phone call yet, but there's still time. But again, just the blessings that God has been bestowing upon our community are, are absolutely tremendous, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, for these and so many other things that God has been doing here, uh, signs of, of, his, of his joy and his delight uh, in us here at St. Agnes. And so we pray that they will continue uh, to proceed. Uh, also, I guess I'm saying this prematurely without the announcement being uh, officially in things, but uh, we did also meet this past week in the midst of a busy Christmas preparation week. We met about the cafeteria roof, and it seems that that project uh, will be moving up in timeline quite drastically, thanks be to God also, uh, that the material, we're changing some of the material on the, the roof itself, which permits us to move uh, a construction start date from likely June uh, until 
January. Uh, so we'll be getting, getting rolling with the cafeteria uh, roof and AC project uh, very, very soon. Uh, and so this too, uh, many blessings being, being poured out upon us here in the parish in these recent weeks. I haven't even gotten to the homily, y'all. We come on this feast of the Holy Family. The Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That wonderful example for us who are the, the shining light of the world. As I was sitting in here last night at the, at the end of the day, I came in to, to be able to spend some time in front of the nativity scene here in the church. Beautiful, beautiful nativity scene. And it was there, just, just having, the, having the lights on on the scene and, and having the, the light shining upon Our Lady, uh, the mosaic above it. It was just striking to me the, the beauty of the Holy Family. That in the statues themselves, just the, the, the detail that's present in them, but also just the, the way in which in sacred art we, we try to show forth the beauty, the perfection that we know was within them. That, that our Lord was not just any ordinary child. He's, he's the Word of God. He's the Word made flesh to whom all things are made. Our Blessed Mother is no simple mother. She is, she is the mother of all the living, truly. She is our mother. She is the one who was chosen by God from all creation, from the beginning, to bear the Son of God in her womb, the Immaculate Virgin, never tainted by even the stain of sin, even in the womb. And then St. Joseph, who, though, who he, though he experienced original sin, was quickly, quickly cleansed of it and lived his entire earthly life free from sin. A striking example, a beautiful witness for us, and so often so powerfully depicted in sacred art and in the statuary in our churches. And yet I recognize also that I've heard individuals in the past who see these things, who see the beauty of it, who see the, 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 the picture-perfect uh, thing, and sometimes can be discouraged by it. Just as in our social media world where everybody pastes the really pretty things online, but you don't show the really messy things online so much. So often we, we can get this image of the Holy Family that indeed they were perfect, but it doesn't mean that everything around them was perfect. It doesn't mean that everything was just absolutely wonderful. We know it was quite the opposite. We know that there were difficulties. I'm sure our blessed Lord, as a child, woke in the middle of the night a bit hungry. It's not as if he just came forth from the womb and slept a good 10 or 12 hours and everyone woke up refreshed in the next morning. That would be silly. It was ordinary life that they experienced. That it says that, 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 that the angel appeared to our Blessed Mother and, and gave to her the good news, but then the angel left and left her to herself, left her to, to, to walk in this earthly life. Joseph, too, dealing and wrestling with all the details of how to provide for his family. The ordinary things are things that they themselves experienced. They experienced the stuff of dealing with the neighbors, of dealing with things, possibly divisions or, or things that might have been happening within the family. They deal with the religious burdens and the things that were asked and required of them. They dealt with their ordinary life of cooking and cleaning and caring for things, repairing things and building things. I don't think they necessarily had to deal with traffic in the same manner that we do these days. But everything else they had to wrestle with, the same as we do. And if we forget that, we lose so much of the power of the example they are for us. If we forget that they had to deal with all of the things of life, 
the same as we, it's easy to simply see them as a nice, pretty picture, a pleasant thing, but something that doesn't have the power to actually touch us, change us, or challenge us. Something that's not an encouragement to us, but rather a discouragement. Seeing only that which is perfect, and seeing very frequently in response our own imperfections. But they are for us the gift of a family who in this world shows us that we don't belong simply in this world. And this is part of the gift that we hear specifically today in the gospel. And as Mary and Joseph, they're traveling with their family, their extended family, who uh, very much in like like uh, our own culture, you're very, very frequently cousins are more like siblings, and aunts and uncles are more like just extra sets of parents. So it was the same with the gospel in the gospel time. Our Lord, they would, they would, you know, the, the community would go and the community would gather. They, they presumed that Jesus was there among the family crowd. And so they go and proceed, and much to their consternation, at the end of the day, find out he's not here. And wouldn't you love to have your 12-year-old son, 12-year-old son lost in the middle of a great big city? Sounds a bit like home alone, huh? But there is Jesus at the temple. After their, after their frustration and going and seeking and trying to find him, there he is, astonishing everyone, his parents included, by what he's saying and what he's doing. And in response to, a, a, seems, a, a scolding from our blessed mother, apparently scolding is not a sin, take note, parents. You're welcome scolds our blessed Lord for, for his, his worrying them so grievously. But in response, he tells them something. Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Didn't you know I would be in my father's house? And with this, we have begun to have an understanding that although our blessed mother knew many things, there were still things that required her to wrestle and understand what exactly is happening here. Because it says Mary and Joseph, they didn't exactly understand these things, he said. But Mary took them in her heart and wrestled with them and began to continue to ponder them for the years and days that were ahead. Didn't you know I would be about my father's business, that I would be in my father's house? Our blessed Lord is the wonderful gift that has come down to us. He is the son of the father that has come down and become part of a human family, the holy family. And in doing so, as St. John tells us, he has also made us children of God. See what love the Father has bestowed upon us in calling us children of God, and yet so we are. A great marvel, those words. See what love he has bestowed upon us in calling us children of God. I love how St. John, can, he, he says this, he calls us children of God. But it's, it's not as if he's just calling us that, like, he, like he's your child, right? Like, like we're children of God. He says, and so we are. We are children of God. We're not just like children of God. We are children of God. We are members of the household of the Father. There is something different that has happened by virtue of our baptism, that God has made us part of his family. He has adopted us into himself. As such, we now belong not to simply one family here on earth, but to two families, an earthly one and a heavenly one. And that has consequences in both directions. Our blessed Lord assures us that we must have primacy of our heavenly family. It's a difficult thing. 
sometimes in this earthly realm, our earthly family does not always uh, see, the, uh, see things the same manner as we ourselves do if we possess the gift of faith. Sometimes religion, rather than being a thing that draws us together in Christ, is something that separates on account of those who do not profess it. And yet our Lord tells us, if we do not love him more than father and mother, brothers and sisters, wives and children, we are not worthy of being his disciple. It is God and his family life to which we are first called. And sometimes that causes difficulty in our earthly ones. But it's not to be discouraged. It is to remember that we are members of both. But God wins first. It is to turn to him above all things and always to be faithful to him. To be faithful to the Father who has given us life, not just earthly life, but offers us eternal life. And to pray that by our presence in our earthly families, if there is division or discord or things on account of the faith, that God the Father would be mindful of these things and seek to bring some remedy and peace to it. But it's for us each individually, first and foremost, to give ourselves to the things of God. To remember that we are members of an earthly and a heavenly family is also to be encouraged. It is to know that although sometimes our earthly lives are rather full and busy and, and, and you know, shaken up with so many things, that in God there is always peace and there is always the certainty that there is, that there is goodness being brought about. Sometimes in our earthly lives, it's difficult for us to make sense of the things that are happening around or within us. Sometimes the things that happen with our family life are challenges to us, whether they be the ordinary things of just transitions in, in life, of difficulties of, you know, of, of children going off to school or weddings happening or being children being born or deaths or new, new birth. All of these things that bring a bit of a challenge, a bit of growth within the family is to know that in the midst of all of these, as well as the tougher times, that God is with us that we are not simply members of an earthly family, but we have a heavenly family who is there interceding for us, praying for us continuously. God, our Father, watching over us, Our Lady and Good Saint Joseph protecting us and interceding for us, and all the angels and saints, our brothers and sisters and friends of heaven, are watching, praying, guiding, protecting. They are with us in this life. It's not simply we who are here alone, but there is something far greater here. And the last implication, or at least the third in this homily, is the fact that being members of the household of God, as well as our own household, is a reminder to us that we are called to live holiness, every single one. Again, as I was reflecting before the nativity, just rejoicing in the, all the ornaments that are on the trees. Each one of those ornaments was, a, each one of those angels was something that was picked by one of the children of our parish and placed in the basket and brought up, brought up in the offertory procession, presented before our Blessed Mother, because always we give everything to Our Lady and she makes it fruitful, right? And so we, we presented to Our Lady and then those ornaments were placed upon the trees in the nativity. And every single one of those ornaments is to be a reminder, a sign of the children of our parish seeking to live virtue. And it was my genuine prayer that as they were seeking to live virtuously, their parents and everyone else around them would be striving to do the same. But it's not only children who are called to be virtuous, of course. It's not only, you know, parents who are called to be virtuous. It's not only the fathers of the house who are called to some things but exempt from others or the mothers opposite. 
all of us are called to holiness, to a life of virtue, a generous gift of self, not counting cost, but being willing continuously to serve. And this we get because we are members of the household of God, because he has first loved us and bestowed tremendous blessings upon us. Indeed, every virtue is simply a little facet of his own holiness, his own goodness present at work within us. These are the things that God shows to us. These are the things the Holy Family present to us and hold up for us as a wonderful reminder that we have a heavenly family, one that has been entrusted with tremendous gifts, blessed by God in so many ways, but also that we have a heavenly one. And for this too, we rejoice for the gratitude and with gratitude in our hearts for all the blessings of God, for his love, for his goodness, for his mercy, for his peace. We pray that these blessings and many more would reign in the families of our parish, the families of our society, that our world may truly experience once more the goodness of God, the goodness of holy families, and the promise of peace that is the result.